0: Thank you for downloading the Barbecue Central Show. The Barbecue Central Show is supported in part by these great sponsors. The Barbecue Guru, makers of automatic pit temperature control devices and barbecue pits. Their website is thebbqguru.com. Also, Butcher Barbecue, maker of injections, rubs, and sauces. Their website is butcherbbq.com. And by Big Papa Smokers, your one-stop online shop for anything in the barbecue and grilling industry. To include World Championship winning rubs, their website, BigPapaSmokers.com. And by CookShack, maker of pellet and electric cookers. You can visit them at CookShack.com. Also, Chops Power Injector System. Three different size injectors to choose from. Find out more at BarbecueKansasCity.com. And that's Barbecue, B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E. And by Pit Barrel Cooker, one of the most unique and versatile cookers out there on the market. Visit them at pitbarrelcooker.com. And by Smithfield, the biggest name in pork, bringing you great opportunities this barbecue season. Get Smokin' with Smithfield and their grant program and committed cooks program. Learn more at smokinwithsmithfield.com. And by Green Mountain Grills, some of the finest pellet cookers on the market. Their website, greenmountaingrills.com. Also, by Cookin' Pellets, manufacturer of wood pellets to fire wood pellet cookers. Their website is cookinpellets.com. You can also purchase on Amazon.com as well. This is Jim Minion from Two Loose Crews. I'm listening to Barbecue Central.
1: We'll do it live. Okay. Well, do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. I you sure it's safe. Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Oh. Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea.
0: Good evening and welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. Hey! It's the show that talks about all things that are important in the world of barbecue and grilling. Doing it live right here. We originate this broadcast over the global, worldwide internets of space. From the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. I affectionately refer to it as the barbecue capital of the North Coast. A lot of you might be like, what's the barbecue capital of the North Coast? Are you referring to the world? And I'm like, oh, I'm not referring to the world. Specifically, I am referring to a very small portion of Cleveland, Ohio. Really just north of downtown Lake Erie. You have a shoreline, that's known as a coastline. That is the North Coast. It couldn't be more North Coast, otherwise you'd be in the water and then you'd be Lake Coast. So that's what the barbecue capital of the North Coast is. It's that 10, 15 mile stretch east and west of downtown that is the North Coast. And that's where we originate from. I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday. And if you see fit to join in on the show this evening, I'm more than happy to take your email. And that email address is greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. If you got the newsletter a little bit earlier in the day, that's probably when you're going to be getting it from here on out, just before lunchtime. That way we can maximize the eyeballs when you're going to lunch. We know... That nobody likes anything more than a little fun barbecue reading slash heads up as it relates to the show on your Tuesday. So we've bumped it up for delivery earlier in the day. Uh, Coming up in about 12 minutes from now, it is the second Tuesday of the month. We are now kind of in the middle of November, if you can believe it. And the second Tuesday of the month guest is Meathead Goldwyn from AmazingRibs.com. Now, normally, Meathead is not one but two segments or your entire first hour. However, when we were off two weeks ago, I have backlogged some things that I need to catch up with. So I cleared it off with Meathead. He will be good for one segment this evening and one segment only. And then we will move on to the 935 segment because two weeks ago, the Steak Cook-Off Association had their World Championship Steak Cook-Off and tonight at 9.35, I have the World Steak Cookoff champion, Eric Hodson, for Boar's Night Out. 15 grand, a ring, and bragging rights to last at least one year in length, if not a lifetime. So joining Eric Hodson around 9.35, that'll close out the first hour. And then we will move to the second hour, where we will find a longtime sponsor of this show, a proud U.S. veteran, somebody who was actually donating proceeds of their sales to a great organization, which we will talk about for a few minutes when he's on at ten fourteen, and the creator-slash-owner of the Pit Barrel Cooker, Noah Glanville, rejoins the show. Very excited to catch up with Noah. He's been a very loyal partner to this show. Coming on, uh, it'll be three years in March, I believe, so... You know, once you get in to the lifeblood that is the Barbecue Central show, a lot of guys stick around for a good while. We'll have a little change-up coming the first of the year. We're doing some new things. Got a couple new sponsors to bring on that I'm not uh, allowed to tell you about yet because the I's and T's haven't been dotted and crossed formally yet. But one huge sponsor coming up Huge in the industry, I guess I should say. And I will have maybe a spot or two, so if you are somebody that has a barbecue and grilling product or service and you think that this show is something that you could benefit partnering with, it's really not as expensive as you would think, especially when you compare it to some of these other traditional media outlets like radio or television, which is really limited as far as the broadcasting swath. I get the Globe, so I don't know if you... Radio stations can beat that. Sure, you poo-poo me because I'm on the internet and on the real radio, but my stretch is much farther and long-reaching than a traditional radio station is. Even the highest-powered radio station might get two hours down the road. Meanwhile, I'm getting time zones down the road, so suck on that traditional radio. Also, I have a very targeted market, right? So if you want to get in front of people who have that built-in interest, love, and desire – of Live Fire Cooking, you might want to consider partnering with the show. I have some bumper read options available. Hit me up, Greg, at the thebbqcentralshow.com, and I can lay it all out for you, provide you 2015 stats and 2016 stats and 2017 stats and Facebook Live stats since July, all that good stuff. So if you want to get with me, get with me with an email first, and then we'll go from there. All right, folks, let everybody know that the show is on. Blast off your normal emails through the Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Google Plus, all those things. I just mainly use Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. But let everybody know the show is going on. At the beginning, this is something I wanted to tell you. And I've teased it a couple different times over the last number of weeks, but it is really starting to uh, take shape. I am really getting excited. At the beginning of the year, officially, as a matter of fact, let's do it like a this.
1: Barbecue Central Show exclusive news update.
0: This is Greg Rempe reporting live from the breaking news desk in Cleveland, Ohio. And I am here to tell you that in the beginning of next year, formally announcing that I will be releasing a supplemental podcast into the normal Barbecue Central Show feed. This one called The Best of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 Minutes or Less. Now, what does that mean to you? Well, let me give you a little idea. Each week, probably Thursday, to get you over a two-day hump, get you into that weekend with a little extra Barbecue Central Show, because I know you love it either live on Tuesdays or listening to it on podcast Wednesday, Thursday. So here, maybe Thursday or maybe Friday. We'll release one a week, the best of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less. What does that mean? It means each segment and each release will have two independent segments. So in order to be completely confusing, the new release will be 20 minutes in length, but it will house two individual 10-minute segments. And my man, John Solberg, executive producer, through my contracting, handpicked by me, we will be doing... This each week, releasing it each week. He's quickly putting together a stockpile. And basically, he is going back into the annals of the Barbecue Central show and pulling out what he feels are some long lost interviews or favorite interviews of his or just really trolling through the archives. And if a write up catches his eye or he kind of remembers about one particular interview or not, he goes through and says, Hey, I'm going to pull that out, and then he might take that 20-minute interview or 30-minute interview and condense it down into the best 10 minutes of that segment. And then we'll also give you a link to go find that show originally so you can go back and listen to it, kind of a re-uncovering of hidden gems that we've had all over the course of these 10 years or so of the Barbecue Central show. So that is going to start being released the very first week of 2018. And I'll be anxious to get your thoughts on that. It's very exciting. Something new that we're adding. So if you subscribe to the show, you'll be very excited to see supplemental information, supplemental entertainment coming right along with the normal show on Tuesday. A little bit later in the week, you'll get the Barbecue Central Show or the best of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less, putting together a nice little graphic for that. And again, thanks to John Solberg. So we will actually be doing an official release segment on the show December 19th. It will be me and John. We will go over all the ins and outs. Again, what you can expect from a listener standpoint in regards to what it's going to look like each and every week. So we're very, very excited to get this going to you. And I'm very grateful that John was open to... I mean, it's quite an undertaking, right? I mean, it doesn't seem like a lot when you think about it from a high level, but 10 years of show, I mean, I'm good for, what, 50 shows a year, give or take. Sometimes more, sometimes a little less. And then times that by 10, I mean, I'd have no idea. I mean, quick math would tell you that's somewhere around 758 million episodes. <laughs> a lot of interviews there. A lot of good interviews there. A lot of ones you forgot. A lot of crazy interviews. Anybody, rename, uh, anybody remember Ronnie Lotz? Shout out to Ronnie
2: Lux.
0: Alright, Meathead Goldwyn coming up out of the break. Let me talk to you quickly about Big Papa Smokers, the number one online shop for all things barbecue. Their curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies will get you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. Everything at BigPapaSmokers.com has been pitmaster approved by Sterling Big Papa Ball himself. From award winning rubs and sauces to American made grills and smokers. Big Papa Smokers has everything you need to be a better outdoor cook. Whether you're in the backyard or a competition pro, Big Papa's has something for you. Well known for the championship rubs and seasonings like sweet money, cattle prod, cash cow, all proven winners on the competition circuit. And in the backyard, Big Papa's offers 13 perfectly balanced flavors that will transform your meals into extraordinary... If you're looking to improve the flavor of your competition barbecue recipes, Big Papa's has combined with fellow rub company Simply Marvelous to form up that West Coast offense. They're also the online exclusive dealer for the Simply Marvelous barbecue rubs stock up on their site today. Big Papa's also the proud owner of the award-winning Granny's Barbecue Sauce. And aside from their premium selection of rubs and sauces, Big Papa Smokers offers the very best pellet charcoal And wood cookers available today. If you're looking for a versatile cooker that's easy to use, check out the Mac 2 Star General Pellet Grill. Big Papa's the exclusive Mac online dealer, by the way. They got special packages if you want them. If you're not a fan of pellet smokers, take a look at the Old Hickory Ace BP. It's the only charcoal unit that Big Papa trusts on his competition trailer. And if you're a backyard barbecue enthusiast looking for a durable and versatile grill that will last forever, the M Grill made from Texas is just what you need. They're built like tanks. It's clear that BigPapaSmoker.com is the place to go for all things barbecue. Every product featured in the website has been hand-selected to help you barbecue better. Boost your barbecue skills with the help of barbecue uh, with Big Papa Smokers, the number one online barbecue store. You can call them toll-free at 877-828-0727 or shop their website at BigPapaSmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A Smokers. That's plural, BigPapaSmokers.com. All right, we will return with Meathead Goldwyn in his normal second Tuesday of the month segment. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. Stick around. Be right back.
2: Casting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey.
0: Hey, welcome back. The 2018 grant program from Smithfield is officially closed. As I said last week, well over 250 applications were taken. And another huge response for this situation. More to come on that. It's released. The 2018 Committed Cooks Program, however, will be ready to jump off with info here in the next few weeks. So keep hitting up the website, SmokinWithSmithfield.com. That's SmokinWithSmithfield.com for more information. Again, thanks to Smithfield for their support of the show this year. All right, joining me now is the creator of the most heavily trafficked barbecue and grilling website on the face of the earth. Meathead Cobra. Hey, Meathead! Hello,
1: Greg, and all you Centralites, how you doing tonight?
0: Everybody's doing very well, Meathead. Always appreciate the time here and enjoy our monthly visits. And you, my friend, have been traveling like no other here over the last handful of weeks, correct?
1: Yeah, I swore I was done traveling when the book tour was over, but I got uh, just got back from the World Food Championships in Mobile and... Uh, i got a couple other trips coming up soon, but uh, that was a real interesting trip. And by the way, before we get into it, yeah. i got to give a plug to our friend at Big Pop. I heard your commercial for him and yeah. uh, the Mac 2 Star. I do all my recipe development on a Mac 2 Star really? uh, because it's set it and forget it. I can dial in the temp, and if I'm going to tell somebody a five-pound slab of you-know-what takes X number of hours, I need to be able to set the temp and measure the time and get a precise reading,
0: and I love my Mac 2 Star just for that. Really? Yeah. Well, that's quite an endorsement, I must say. you, should, you know, I, th- I think while pellet grills are still uh, I think pellet grills are becoming more and more popular, that's number one, and they have, it seems, every year, year over year, they become a little bit more popular, but they still seem to be a little bit on the periphery of of cookers even though it is seeing a little bit more popularity
1: well the there are a number of reasons why I think I mean number one the smoke flavor is very delicate it's more like a string quartet and there's a lot of people particularly in Texas who want the brass band and you're not going to get that from a pellet smoker you can't sear a steak on it I don't care what the people at Mac and everywhere else tell you you're not going to get a great sear on a steak not what I consider a great sear But for smoking, not grilling, and long and slow, low and slow, that pellet boss device that they have, that timer, is really precise, really right on, and helps me get recipes down so that when I tell people X amount of hours to cook this dish, I'm pretty secure that it's accurate.
0: Meathead Goldwyn joining us here on the show. So we had alluded to it here right at the top that you had time at the World Food Championships this past week. Now, this is event, I think it's going into its, is it, its sixth year or something like that. Where, I think is year six. Yeah, year six. The first year, I think, it had a great title, and everybody was, uh, A, looking forward to it, but there was maybe more caution heeded to it because first-year event, and it's being billed as this, that, and the other thing. Well, then the next year it happens, and then the next year it happens again. <laughs> and then, well, all of a sudden... You can kind of count on it. There's big paydays. There's big sponsorship going along with it. And this year, Mike McCloud said on this show any number of times, really kind of putting himself out there saying that this was going to be the tipping point year as it related to the World Food Championship and to the term that he seems to have coined, food sport. Uh, do you think mm-hmm. that that is a mm-hmm. fair assessment on his part?
1: Yeah, um, this is my first time down there. I know a bit about the history, um, and uh, I explored the event pretty thoroughly this year. Mm -hmm. Probed and poked, and asked a lot of questions. And it's really fun. It's really interesting, and there are aspects of it that are really polished, really professional, really smart, really clever. The team that's behind it are really helpful. And then there's other aspects of it that are just. What were they thinking?
0: Give me an example. Uh,
1: Well, they had uh, two barbecue competitions. An IBCA, which is more or less your Texas group, and a KCBS competition. Now, I don't know for sure why they had to have two, except that MMA, Mike McLeod, who owns and sponsors this event, his company was also in charge of marketing for KCBS, so possibly that was set up to uh, as in deference to the brand that he markets, KCBS. Since then, he and KCBS have parted ways, and so I don't know what's going to happen in the future. But they had essentially two separate barbecue competitions under slightly different sanctioning regulations, and you know they, they, they the KCBS does four meats, IBCA does um, three meats, yeah. and they picked the top. Five teams from each to go to the finals. So I'm supposed to be a judge for the finals. I'm coming down to judge barbecue. All right. And I had a Dickens of a time getting somebody to tell me what time to be where. I mean, it was just I was asking everybody, and everybody I asked, I got a different time. (laughs) And I finally got to where I thought I had to be at eleven o'clock, and was told come back at one. (gasps)
0: That's
1: all right. I had fun, you know, winding around, hung out with Brad. Barrett from Grill Grates and the guy from uh, uh, the, uh, the helmet from the Cutlery Company and I just you know it was wasn't wasted time, and I come back at one o'clock and I expect I'm facing four hours because there's top five teams yeah. from both sanctioning bodies, so I'm facing four, you know ten briskets, ten ribs, ten chickens. I don't know what they're going to do about pulled pork, and this is what I'm expecting to face. I get there, and it's one flight of steaks and pork loins and uh, quesadillas, and uh, did, it was freeform. It was do whatever you want.
0: And this is this is in the preliminary portions, or this is the, this the top ten? This is 10? the top
1: ten finals, the last day of oh. the event All right. for the top prize money. Yeah. Um, champion of the world, and they're (laughs) grilling steaks and uh, um, uh, Vietnamese spring rolls. I mean, the food was delightful, except for one minor problem.
0: Not barbecue.
1: Well, you know, I, you know, I, I'm me. We've had this debate. I consider it barbecue just the same. Yeah, yeah. I have a pretty broad definition, and I don't see a big difference between grilling and barbecue because I don't know what low is, and I don't know what slow is, and and I don't know where you draw the line and all that stuff. But uh, regardless, the problem was I have a shrimp allergy. Uh oh. Yeah, and here we are in uh, Orange oh. Beach. Uh, Alabama
3: yeah.
1: <laughs> on the Gulf, yeah. and at least four of the ten entries had shrimp on them. Oh, I had to step away. I bought an airline ticket, I rented a car, I bought four nights in a hotel, and I didn't get to judge barbecue. Uh-oh.
0: So, do they ask you up front when they're when they're asking <coughs> you to be a judge? Do you have any food allergies or you know anything like that?
1: You know, I'm racking my brain. I thought I was asked this, but I don't recall for sure. Because I'm asked that, you know, I so many events I go to, I can't remember if it was them or somebody else. But there was no explanation to me in advance that we're not gonna be judging the four classic meets. Yeah. There was no I mean, I don't know how how, how much the teams knew in advance. I don't know if they were informed. They must have been informed because, I mean, you know, they the guys were cooking uh, beef tenderloins, and God, there was some uh, this magnificent tomahawk steak, and but there was a steak competition, right? There, there was a sandwich competition. So, yep. man, the seafood looked spectacular down there. But in any case, it was just um, like.
0: So do they have to backfill your position to judge properly? Yeah,
1: we, we, I mean, there were plenty of people who were able to step in. And, you know, I wasn't sure of the qualifications of all the judges, but um, they found a substitute almost instantly. It was no, no, no water was lost. Although I had already given appearance scores to about, and we can talk about the scoring system. I had already scored on appearance about four or five entries before uh-huh. I said, you know, I figured well, one entry was shrimp. Uh, we'll figure it out. I'll get somebody to substitute for me on one. But by the time third or fourth shrimp entry came along, I just wait, wait. You know, sorry, I, I got to DQ
0: myself. And shrimp is the main portion of this dish, or it's a garnish, or what?
1: One or two of them, it was main. It was it was just a shrimp dish. A couple of them, it was surf and turf. Um, several of them was surf and turf. Yep. So. You couldn't just ignore the shrimp. It was part of the dish. So I just had to DQ myself. And uh, a, a couple of the dishes, like I did taste a pork roast. You know, I you know, I, you know, I, I got up from the table, but I was just kind of hovering around. Paul Sidoriak, who works with us, was one of the other judges. So I was kind of hanging around his table. And... Uh, and uh, when he was done tasting something, I'd reach over and grab a little pork wine or something and get me a nibble. And it, there was some good stuff there. But, uh, oh, golly, I was frustrated. And, uh, um, you know, and I just don't get it. I mean, okay, boys, we're going to have the world championship weight, uh, track racer. And we're going to, uh, for the prelims, we're all going to do the mile <laughs> now, here come the finals, and everybody runs the 440. Yeah. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! So I'm get- I just won the prelims by cooking brisket, ribs, pork, and chicken, and now for the finals, i got to cook beef tenderloin?
0: What? So I'm getting word from Doug Scheiding, who was a part of this, that the cooks knew yeah, <laughs> limited to an hour-and-a-half to two-hour turn-in for Sunday only, and it was a chef's choice kind of category. Uh-huh. So I, I guess... You know, I, I wasn't there to judge, of course, but from my perspective, and I, I guess I'm supporting your line of thought on a high-level aspect, if you're crowning a barbecue champion, a true barbecue world champion, as they like to tout it, then the ending categories need to be your traditional barbecue meats in order to give who is the best barbecue cook. Not who's the best cook, but the best barbecue cook.
1: Well, I mean, I love the idea of competitions, you know, when they have barbecue pitmasters on TV, where they, you know, they give the the teams uh, a jolt and make them cook rattlesnake. I I love that idea. But to get to the finals, they had to cook the IBCA and the KCBS traditional meats. Right. And so the analogy of you get to the finals by running the mile, and in the finals, you got to run the quarter. I mean, that's just you know, you're you're either a long distance runner, or you're a sprinter or you know, or more like it. You get to the finals by running the mile and in the finals you got to do the high jump. I mean, it just you know, it just doesn't make sense to me. And none of this communication came to me or any of the other judges. They had no idea. They had no idea. And of course, uh, I, I was unfortunately the only one who had the shrimp allergy. Um, But, um, you know, I turn blue and puff up and can't breathe, and I probably would have been bad for publicity for their event had I died on the site.
0: So everybody else's expectation from a judging standpoint was going to be traditional barbecue stuff, too.
1: To my knowledge, I asked around, nobody knew that this was coming.
0: Hmm. So you would hit on the judging (coughs) portion of it, aside from dequeuing yourself, but... They do this uh, EAT methodology, I believe, is what they're using to, to judge these final 10 uh, champions. That's uh, also going to be what they're using at the final table in April. What What is your take on that judging process versus something that you would see at a normal barbecue contest? And I, I have a hidden agenda here because you constantly hear, you know what I don't ever hear about? And uh, Doug can certainly jump in here as well and weigh in. I rarely he- hear... The guys in IBCA and Texas Gulf Coast and you know all the other various factions of Texas barbecue bitch about the judging. No one seems to bitch more about the judging than the KCBS folks, so I've always thought that it would be good behind the scenes to try and find some type of a fix to that. And I have long purported that doing a chef's or a, a people's choice style of judging like an IBCA does might bring a little bit more might bring less ability to bitch about the judging than how it is currently set up. But, the real question, in a very long-winded way, is does that EAT methodology potentially fit in to a fix on this?
1: Well, I'm going to back off, and I'll get to that in a second, but let's... let I'm going to uh, upset the apple cart and probably get you into an argument, right. but once upon a time, before I became uh, a... a, a a barbecued devotee,
3: yeah.
1: um, I was a wino. Right. And you, you know the difference between a connoisseur and a wino, don't you? No. Ten bucks a bottle. <laughs> oh. um, I was the wine critic for the Washington Post, the Chicago Tribune, and I worked with the Cornell Food Science Department to create a uh, judging methodology for wine, beer, and spirits Uh, and formed a company called Beverage Testing Institute that completely upset the apple carton revolutionized the way beverages were judged. And what we did was we researched how the quality control department at Kraft works when they're testing barbecue sauces coming off the production line. How do they compare to the standard that is Kraft barbecue sauce? We researched how does General Foods do market research to find out how a new brand of barbecue sauce will be accepted by the public or any other product. I'm using barbecue sauce as an example. <coughs> we, uh, professor, I worked with Professor Lawless of the food science department who was world-renowned. And what we learned is, is in the professional sensory evaluation world, they tend to use a system that's called the hedonic scale. And a hedonic scale is a 50-cent word for how do you like it? That's basically it. They don't they've learned long ago if you have to do math the total doesn't accurately reflect your overall opinion and what really matters is your overall opinion. So what they use is a scoring system that gives one score not a points for appearance, not a points for taste, not points for tenderness, not points for smell, not points for aftertaste, no calculator necessary, no waiting for the, you know, the, 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 t- t- the appearance gets 15% and yada. Right, wh- right. uh, what has to happen is the judge has to know when he's done with his flight that the product he likes the best has gotten the highest score. Now, in KCBS and so many other judging, this one as well, they tell you don't compare, which is absolutely absurd. First of all, it's human nature to compare. Yeah. You are going to compare. It's impossible to be objective when judging. Judging is by nature subjective. Correct. So, if you want to know what you like and what you dislike. And we want you to form an opinion and we want to make sure that your favorite gets the highest score so that you don't have to do math and you don't have to say, well, you know, I gave it eight, you know eight points for appearance and six points for this and, and you add them all up. So they give one score. And the, the hedonic scale was developed by the Natick Research Center. I think it's a Navy uh, uh, facility in Natick, Massachusetts, where essentially they were trying to figure out what kind of food they can keep feed the Army, and they needed to do market research. But in any case, it's a hedonic scale. So basically it's like the Miss America pageant. It's a, they use a zero to nine-point scale, or ten-point range. Um, and basically you just sit down and you taste it and you score it, and you can make sure the highest number goes to your favorite product. That way,
0: the best product gets the best score. But what number? But what number is that number? Like if if you have five mm-hmm. uh, or six offerings, and you want to make sure that because you like number four the best, mm-hmm. does does the highest one get five, and everything else is scored below, or does it get well, nine? Everybody or?
1: uses different scales. The native scale is a nine point scale. So you're you could give it a nine or an eight, d- depending on what you thought. If it's and and the hedonic scale says zero is dislike extremely, yeah. nine is like extremely, and you have a range in between where the center is neither like nor dislike. So you have dislike extremely, dislike slightly, neither like nor dislike, like slightly, like extremely. That's your scale. Mm-hmm. And Now, you have to come to grips with the recognition of the fact that the human palate is not very accurate. <laughs> and when I ran Beverage Testing Institute, we would often serve two glasses of the same wine to the judge. And if oh, they didn't score no. them within a similar uh, a statistically right. similar range, we threw their scores out. Right. And you can't use a 20-point scale. 10-point is about as good a range as you can, and you need to encourage people to use the whole range. This idea of starting at 6 or 7. So you're basically only using a three-point range is another problem I have with these scales. But basically, the idea of a hedonic scale, dislike extremely, neither like nor dislike, like extremely, and shades of gray in between, is extremely effective. Now, back to the question of the EAT scale. What their scale is, and it really should be ATE8 instead of EAT, but I guess they got hung up on the uh, the cutesiness. You judge Appearance, taste, and execution. Appearance gets fifteen percent, taste gets fifty percent, and execution gets thirty-five percent. Now you judge them all on a ten point scale. So you see appearance, just like at a KCBS, they bring around a tray, you look at it, you write down your appearance score on a zero to ten scale, then they then you taste it and you score it on zero to ten. And then execution is how well do they execute the theme of the dish. And to help you with that, they give you uh, the recipe for the dish and the name of the dish. In theory, unfortunately, they didn't have that for the finals of the barbecue. Mm -hmm. They did have it for the fish judging. You know, so when you get a sandwich in the sandwich judging, it's called tuna fish sandwich with uh, (laughs) avocado... Uh, aoli and so on, and so on. And so, you have a basic to judge for how well did they execute the theme. So, execution is kind of weird. But so, we're down to three categories appearance, taste, and execution. Appearance, fortunately, is only 15%. And, you know, for some people, it might mean more, for others, it might mean less. But that's what their scale was. And I think, you know, the the fewer things you have to judge, the better. There's really good research on this. I mean, I'm not making this up. There's a whole industry of sensory research people There are books on this subject. There are people who make a living running quality control panels and consumer research panels. And unfortunately, the people who run barbecue tastings and food tastings and wine tastings don't read these books. And I've talked to KCBS, and i said, guys... Let's hire Professor Wallace. Let's get him in here and have him discuss the strengths and weaknesses of your scoring system. Yeah. I mean, you know, so, you know, we're always going to face these problems until somebody wakes up and says, let's get the pros involved.
0: All right, so we're going to continue this conversation over the next handful of months, uh, perhaps offline, come up with some really great ideas that we're going to offer up on our own meathead, and we're not telling anybody about it, except everybody that's listening. Uh, but in the meantime, you can head on over to AmazingRibs.com and check out everything that website has to offer. Of course, Thanksgiving coming up very well, uh, very soon, so you know there's going to be a lot of stuff that's going to be transpiring there. Meathead, very quickly.
1: I want to just mention, if you're cooking the turkey, please go to my website, AmazingRibs.com, and look at my turkey recipe. There's some really good ideas there, not the least of which is the gravy. You've got to check the gravy concept
0: out. It's great. All right, uh, Meathead, as always, thank you, and we'll talk to you next month.
1: Good to talk to you in the Centralites.
0: There he is, Meathead Goldberg. From AmazingRibs.com, we ran a little long there, I apologize. To Eric Hodson, who will be coming up talking about winning the steak championship. Lots of good judging stuff there that we've started. Hopefully, we'll continue down that road. I'll talk to you quickly about Cookshack. In the meantime, Cookshack manufactures smoker ovens for barbecue lovers with any amount of experience. Whether you're in the backyard or on the competition circuit, perhaps you're cooking in a five-star dining facility. Cookshack has the unit that will do the job. And with a full line of barbecue sauces, spices, pellets, and wood chunks, is the perfect one-stop shop. Cookshack strives to be your barbecue resource center by offering cooking classes, online recipes, how-to videos, two blogs, smoke and grilling 101s, and a video cooking classroom. Check out their website at cookshack.com. Or follow them on all their social media haunts, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Pinterest, and Google+. Get advice or share your passion for barbecue on their world-class barbecue forum. Cookshack pellet-fired smokers are the choice of champions because they were designed by a champion, Ed Fast, Eddie Morin. The FEC 100, PG and PG-1000, always customer favorites. The PG-1000 could double as a smoker and grill, low and slow, hot and fast. The pallet Grill line gives you the most for your money. Cookshack residential electric smokers are the number one smoker in the industry. High quality means high durability and versatility. Anything you cook in your oven, you can make in a Cookshack. Passion and dedication drives Cookshack's manufacturing with quality always being at the forefront. Get the best in barbecue since 1962. Call 800-423-0698 or visit the website cookshack.com. By the way, we are wishing Fast Eddie Morin good luck as he is racing in the desert. You go, Meathead, and you go Fast Eddie. All right. When we get back, we'll be talking with the Steak Cook Off Association World Champion. That's Eric Hatson, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Stick around, we'll be right back.
2: Ready to get on the air. Call 216-220-0966. Now let's get back to the LeBron James of barbecue talk. Craig Rampy.
0: All right, welcome back, and thanks again to Meathead Goldman, uh, Meathead Goldman or Goldwyn, for joining me last segment. This portion of the show being brought to you by Green Mountain Grills, manufacturers of some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today you're looking for something really big to house a lot of food they got something for you how about medium size sure they got you covered there you can also get a size that is easy for tailgating plus they can fire those things with their own wood pellets <laughs> check out greenmountaingrills.com also don't forget to check out that pizza oven insert about two weeks ago the steak Cookoff association had their world championships down in texas And here to recap the big win is the Steak Cooking Master. Is that what we call it? From Boar's Night Out, Eric Hodson joining. Eric, how are you, buddy? Good. How are you guys? Uh, Doing absolutely fabulous, Eric. Appreciate you making time. Glad we could hook up here. I know it's uh, been uh, almost two weeks uh, outside of the big win, and I guess before we get into that, were you not or did I not see you via social media in the World Food Championships as well this past week?
4: Uh, We were. We just got back late Sunday night.
0: So how was that? I was just talking with Meathead Goldwyn, who was uh, part of the judging experience there. How did you find the World Food Championships for you from a high level, and then uh, were you there for the barbecue side?
4: Uh, We were there just to do the KTBS side. We didn't do anything else. We wanted to kind of go down a little early, had a little vacation time and uh, do a little KCBS. We didn't fare like we wanted to. We did uh, well in a couple categories and not so well in, in the others, but that's how it rolls with KCBS with us, and uh, we had a great time down there.
0: Are you a traditional KCBS-style cook, or do you get into all sorts of sanctioning bodies when you go out to compete?
4: Uh, we're predominantly a Indian or Memphis Barbecue Network uh, team. We do hog shoulder ribs, so we're predominantly uh, whole hogs. KCBS for us is, you know, we're, we're mid-range. We're middle of the pack, usually KCBS. We're, uh, we struggle a little bit with a few of the categories, but we, you know, we're moving forward on them, and we'll be right up there as a contender soon.
0: Eric Hodson joining me here on the show. Boar's Night Out is the team name. Uh, Eric, World Food Championship-wise, is that kind of a, uh, I mean, regardless of the fact that you're going in as KCBS side of things and you're used to NBN, Is going into the World Food Championships because there is a little bit uh, different uh, judging once you get to the final kind of side of it. Uh, Is it a crapshoot to a certain degree in your estimation?
4: Uh, I feel that it is. You know, I think you know going into World Food, you know, your your final round is is kind of anything goes. So there's kind of hard to. To judge, you know, if if it's comparative, you know, it's hard to judge, you know, obviously shrimp against a chicken or (laughs) or steak even, you know, so it's, you know, I guess it would be hard to judge a final round when it's a signature dish, you know, it's very subjective. So, you know, I I guess it would definitely be tough. Uh,
0: Something that if you qualify for year after year, you're going to head down to? Uh,
4: Definitely, you know. I qualified in steak as well, uh, but I learned that they would not let me cook in, in both. So, uh, that if you made it to the final table against yourself, they <laughs> frowned upon that. So, <laughs>
0: well, you can't have two chances to win the uh, final table. That sucks, right? Right. Uh, Eric, let's back it up a couple weeks, and uh, I guess before we get to the World Championship Steak Cookoff portion of it, how did you qualify to get to the finals?
4: Uh, we were down in Fort Worth at, for the National Barbecue Conference
0: 1st
4: uh, of March. Yep. And they do a say barbecue celebrity steak cook-off on Friday night of the conference every year uh, to where all the heavy hitters of barbecue are there, uh, all the heavy hitters of steak. So everybody gets together kind of a fun steak cook-off against each other, which ends up being rivals and you know, it gets heated because everybody's so competitive. There are several world champions there, and everybody wants to beat everybody. So everybody gets together, has a few cold drinks, cooks some steaks, and I was fortunate enough that night to win the rhinestone cowboy hat that Mama Shed makes as the trophy every year <laughs> and a $1,000 cash from Flame Balls.
0: So is it something where they just announced the winner, or do they provide you a list from top to bottom?
4: If I remember correctly, they called the top ten. So everybody gets up there and you know get they get the call and hoops and hollers and cheers for each other and you know this is all after a handful of drinks, of course. And so it's a great time.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I would imagine that much like uh, the King of the Smoker that's going to be taking place here in a couple weeks. I mean, certainly everybody wants to win if you're taking part in it, but perhaps. Everybody does not want to be the last name on a list that has a whole bunch of heavy hitters involved with it, right?
4: Actually, I like my name called last anyway. But uh, <laughs> no, nobody wants a D A L. But <laughs> when you're uh, when you're amongst the group of people that I was cooking against the day that I qualified, you know, as Boar's Night Out, we've won over thirty grand championships as a team. That a steak is an individual, you know, contest. We have supporters, we have sponsors, but it's an individual cook. And when you win it, you know, it, it it's a different feeling than winning a contest with a group of guys that you've done twenty plus times.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: You know, uh, I don't know. It was it was a different feeling. You know, just to qualify against, you know, Johnny Joseph, the Godfather of Sea, and. You know, I was cooking against Mark Lambert, a four-time world champion, you know, uh Memphis and May grand champion. I was cooking against, you know, the guys from the shed, you know, world champions. Being able to beat them at anything cooking competition-wise is gratifying, you know, and it was,
5: it was something special.
0: So when you qualify for the finals that early in the year, do you get a handful of other SCA events underneath your belt to kind of keep that ball rolling and keep the stake skills honed?
4: Uh, yeah, I, I only cooked four others uh, in between. We also did several NBN, several KCBS. So I was busy, but I didn't want to, I don't know, I didn't want to travel too far to go do steak. When I'm here out of Memphis, there's not too many mm-hmm. around now. Danny Kennedy from the SEA has got around 20 lined up for 2018, but we would have had to travel a lot to do some steak. So I do, a, I do a lot of steak cooking at home. So I kept my practice up, you know, eating good at the house.
0: When you look at, especially for a guy that's running a team in the Memphis Barbecue Network, and you said you have 20 guys on the team, and they're notoriously very expensive to do. And uh, when you talk about Memphis and May, which is obviously separate from MBN, but, you know, that's another one that a lot of people there on the team, a lot of people there visiting a lot of expense going into it. And then you turn around and look at a state cook-off association event, very little expense involved. It's pretty much whatever grill you got, the fuel, your entry fee, and then whatever travel you have to do. So you're not having to go out and buy the perceived, I need the 40-foot trailer and this jambo pit. And you know, all of a sudden I'm $20, $30, forty thousand dollars $40,000 into this thing because I feel like that's what I need to do in order to keep up with the Joneses. State cook-off thing is completely different than that, completely on the opposite end of the spectrum. Oh, by the way, the payout isn't really bad either if you win.
4: Oh, you're, you're right. I've, I've, I've told people to do an SCA event. You can literally go buy one of those disposable grills that you tear the paper off of it. You light it one time use only. You throw your grill grates, which is a must, on top of it. If it's not raining, you don't need a tent. You can cook on that disposable grill. You can win on it. You sell it away at the end of the day, and you can get in your car. You don't even need a truck and drive home. So it, it's, it's very inexpensive when it comes, you know, comparison, comparative to an NBN cook, which you're going to spend 500 to to 1000 just to be there. Uh, the payout might be a lot more, but, you know, it's all relative. Brett
0: you know? Galloway told me at some point this year, somebody showed up with charcoal, the entry fee, and a grill grate, and a charcoal chimney and he filled the chimney halfway up with charcoal put the grill grate on top of the charcoal chimney cook the steak finished top 10 like it doesn't get any less footprint than that
4: I, I think it's a great idea i've done it many times i've gone camping and and forgot stuff and you you've got a small fire or you've got your chimney and you throw your grill grate on top of it and hey, if it's scalding hot 600 plus 700 plus that's perfect steak camp to me
0: all right, Derek, so let's go ahead and break down the actual championship, world championship steak cook event, if we could, and let's talk about a little bit on the selection. Obviously, the steaks are provided for you. How do you get to select the steak? Is it through a numbers drawing or uh, alphabetical by name? How does that work?
4: Uh, they have numbers on a poker chip, and it's normally in a crown royal bag for some reason. I don't know why crown royal, but somebody there likes crown. But uh <laughs> but you draw a number, and you start out, you know, I drew number 100. So uh, I had a nice round number. There was 115 competitors, so I was one of the last ones to draw, which is not a bad thing because they, on your second stake, they do the reverse order. So if you drew first, uh, you're going to get the first stake, and then you're going to get the last. So uh, I was able to pick my stake. A few minutes later, I picked my second stake. So I was already seasoning my stake before the number one person there's a second one. Mm-hmm. So there's a benefit of drawing a high number.
0: Preparation-wise, what do you do to the steak? Are you a guy that really likes to get into the flavors and the profiles, or you keep it simple so that beef can really shine through?
4: Well, first I start out with taking a steak that's got a lot of marbling. Uh, marbling is flavor. Uh, if it's got fat in it, it's going to accept your seasoning. As it cooks down, as it renders a little bit of that fat out, your flavor is going to soak into it more. So I look for a mar- good marbled steak, and then we use our Boars and add Out White Lightning. It's a pretty popular season in the barbecue market, but it's, it's a simple season. It's garlic, it's onion, it's salt, it's pepper, it's sugar. It's all the things that everybody's palate loves, mm. but we just have it mixed where it's a perfect consistency. There's nothing that's going to jump out at you. They work perfect together. We throw a little cracked black pepper on top of it. That's all I put on my stove.
0: Firing up the grill, are you lump guy? Are you briquette guy? And what kind of a temperature do you like to run at? And do you gauge that more or less off of where the grill gray temperature is? Uh,
4: I'm a briquette guy. I think briquettes are more consistent in temperature. Uh, I cook on a PK grill, so you know how wide they are. They're not very big. Yep. I've had uh, a cooker full of lump and I'd have a different temperature from side to side that I don't like. Briquettes seem to me be more consistent. Use a B&B charcoal, which is, you know, it says on the package is better burning. It lasts longer. It's super, super hot. And I shoot for around a 700 degree temperature on my grill grates. But at the time of cook, I'm not the guy that gets out there with the infrared gun. I'm not going to sit there and shoot my gun on the grates to see how my temperatures are. At that point, at my cook time, it's too late. I don't have time to adjust my temp. I'm going to shoot for a temperature on my steak, and that's what I'm going to shoot for. If it takes me an extra 45 seconds to get there, it's going to be okay.
0: I'm shooting for a certain temp. So what's your process when you're cooking it?
4: Uh, When I go on the grill, uh, I'm not going to tell you the exact. I'm not going to tell you my my time or my temp that I pull at, but I do two-minute quarter turns. A lot of people say it's a little bit too much, that you get too much uh, sear, you get too much char on your uh, grill marks. I disagree. I like a little char. So my flavors on my seasoning is nothing's jumping out. So I want something to show you that you're cooking something that's been charboiled. So I like a good sear. Do a two-minute turn, quarter turn, and then I flip, and then I shoot for a certain temperature. So when I get to my certain temperature, I'm pulling it, and I always rest. As long as I've cooked it. That's one thing I'll tell people that I've never told anybody. I rest my product however long that I've cooked it. So if you cook so it for five it minutes,
0: minutes you're resting it for five minutes. If you cook it for seven minutes, you're resting it for seven minutes.
5: Yeah, that's
4: my rule of thumb on a hot and fast cook on anything, whether it's pork or it's chicken. If I cook hot and fast, I try to rest as long as I cook it. So
0: Eric Hodson joining me here on the show. Eric, do you have any idea from when you box it and run it to the tent when they're about Slicing into it is a pretty quick turnaround, you think?
4: They say it is. They don't wait for a tray to fill up like other sanctioned bodies. They take it directly back, and it's not a comparative judging deal. So they cut into that steak right then, and they start eating. So, you know, I hope that they're not sitting back there for four or five minutes because my rest time, (laughs) I calculate in my walk time, and I calculate how long it might be sitting back there.
0: When the announcements are being made as you get closer and closer to that reserve grand and ultimately grand champion, when you're not second place, like where's the mindset of a steak cook? You talk to barbecue guys, and even if they've been up on the stage two, three, four times previous, they never really think they got it until they're called overall. Same kind of a mindset from a steak cook-off standpoint?
4: Oh, definitely. When I turned my steak in, I knew I had a good one because I hit my marks. I hit my temp. I hit my rest time. It looked perfect. But there's always that thought in the back of your head. You can't cut into it. There's always that thought, is it perfect? Mm -hmm. And that's always in my mind because I'm a very, very competitive person. I'm very passionate about competition, whether it's cooking or anything else. So when they were calling the top 10 and my number wasn't there, they were dancing all around my number. You know, you you you, you kind of get down because you're like, man, it's just not going to be me this time. But there's still that that hope in the back of your head that you know they still haven't called me and they still can. Well, when they got up to that last number and he called it off real slow, boy, it was a it was a you know feeling that I had never felt before for sure.
0: You had mentioned that you've won you know 30 grand championships with Boar's Night Out. How does And you had also mentioned this was kind of a personal thing for you. It wasn't big-time team. It was you cooking the steak. So how does this one compare? I mean, the paycheck is fat. you got to love that, especially compared to what you're putting it out from an expense standpoint. ROI is great. But how does this compare to some of the other ones that you've won before?
4: Oh, it was great because with Boar's Night Out, none of us put a dime in our pockets. We dump every dime back into the team. So... You know, I've never made a penny off Boar's Night Out. I've had a lot of fun, and it supports the habit. It's all self-sufficient. It pays for itself,
3: mm-hmm.
4: and it pays for us to go travel. But, you know, I won $16,000 in Fort Worth <laughs> in five months. Not and, bad. You know, it, it's, it's not a bad payday. You know, and we made an agreement. If you pay your entry fee, you keep the money. If Boar's Night Out pays your entry fee, Boar's Night Out keeps your money. So <laughs> it's kind of a, a thing. So, you know, I, I like doing the steak, but I like competing with uh, all my buddies on Boards Night Out as well. So
0: so you have big payday. We've established that. You have bragging rights that'll run you at least for the next couple of years as being the top, uh, top steak cook in the world because they do bring people from everywhere across the country and uh, outside of the U.S. as well because they have SCA events there. Do you anticipate doing a number more of these next year?
4: Oh, yeah. I think the, that big old Super Bowl ring that they give us, it says world champion on it, kind of lights a fire <laughs> underneath your butt. Uh, and plus, with Danny Kennedy putting several contests in the Memphis area next year, it'll be easier for, for people in the Mid-South to run for points. So if I can hit enough contests, I am might run for points if I can get uh, out of town as much as I need to.
0: This is Eric Hodson. He's with Boar's Night Out, but he is the World Championship Steak Cook-off, uh, Cook-Off Association winner. Really appreciate the time tonight, Eric. Appreciate it.
4: Man, thank you for having me. It's been great.
0: You got it. There he is. Eric Hotson from Boar's Night Out. Yeah, baby. He is your steak All champion. on the
2: Barbecue Central World show appear via the Smithfield that? Hotline. That's right. Yummy. Well, okay. All
0: right. So congratulations to him. I want to talk to you quickly, very quickly, about the Barbecue Guru, the makers of automatic pit temperature control devices. You find them at BBQGuru.com. The Monolith, the CyberQ Cloud, all of the good stuff that I've talked to you about for the last 10 years. It's available for sale right now. If you have any questions, you call them at 800-288-GURU, and they will make sure you're outfitted with exactly what you need. Don't guess. Ask questions. Again, the website, bbqguru.com or 800 288 G U R U. That's 800 288 Guru. The barbecue guru continues to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. And we're back to wrap the first hour right after this. Stick around, be right back.
2: Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right.
0: We welcome you back here into the fold. Very quick out, since we're trying to play catch up from under along with Meathead. We'll recap that here at the top of the second hour. Thanks again to Eric Hodson from Boar's Night Out talking about the big overall win at the World Steak Cook-Off Association Championships down in Fort Worth. I, I almost got the whole steak cook recipe slash method. Although, key piece of information that he hasn't given anybody, but for as long as he cooks it, he rests it. And... He is going for a specific internal temperature. He did not.
2: He did not.
0: You are not. Tell us what that internal temperature was, but I could guess. guess. All right, uh, we're back for the second hour right after this.
2: This is Maddie Rempe from Cleveland, Ohio, and you're listening to Barbecue Central.
0: Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing, we cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine,
3: how wrong? <laughs> you have a great show of a big fan. Boing.
6: So what? What? What seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the in the crackle.
0: It's all about the Charbonneau,
4: dude. Succulent fish, what? We ate winner.
0: before we oh, ate. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. Top <laughs> men. And just like that, we are into the second hour. Here we go. Hey, thanks for joining me glad you've found your way to the Barbecue Central Show. We're doing it live right here each and every Tuesday. And don't forget if you ever miss, ever, a segment, a whole show, a whole hour, maybe you've missed the entire first hour, you're just tuning in right now. I'm sorry to hear that. Hit me! But, (laughs) but, Okay. You can always subscribe to this show via podcast directory such as iTunes, such as Google Play Music or Google Music. Or if you have a specific podcast, podcast fetcher, all you have to do is get the podcast feed of the show, which is on my website, and put it in your specific fetcher or second-party app or third-party app or fifth-party app. The show will pull up, and then it is released at 11.55 each and every Tuesday evening. And you can have it on your drive to Wednesday work or Thursday fishing or whatever it is you do. Email from John Dawson of Patio Daddy-O-Barbecue. Subject line, dulcet tones. Rebs, I don't know what's wrong with me, but just tonight I connected your show on my phone via Simply Radio to my Polk soundbar through Bluetooth, and these three words, sultry, dulcet tones. <laughs> yeah. I'm that. So if you don't want to see me, which is basically what John is saying, I don't want to see you, but I want to hear you because he truly remembers what this show started out as, a radio show. One without... This video stuff and these lights, that camera. It was just a man and a microphone and a mission. And then we've evolved into this video thing. Not my idea, but John is taking, he continues to take in the show the way that it is meant to be heard, which I appreciate. And he upped his listening game by connecting it to the soundbar because I'm broadcasting out. 128 bit. So it's CD quality sound, even through the interwebs. If you want to try it out on your own Bluetooth speaker, I'm sure you'll be very happy with the results. Still to come on the show tonight, Noah Glanville from Pit Barrel Cooker. He'll be next. And Fred Robles from Rio Valley Meats, your 2017 World Food Championship Barbecue World Champion. So certainly we'll be following up on what Meathead has reported. As, what the hell was going on with the non-barbecue portion of the barbecue portion? (laughs) Surf and turf. I've said it time and time again. Nothing screams barbecue. Classic traditional barbecue like surf and turf. (laughs) Chef's choice, as it were. Speaking of the 2017... World food champions, I'm struggling with a cold here, and I'm extremely dry for medication. Here are your 10 finalists in no specific order. Chef Tommy Sheev. I'm sorry if I'm not pronouncing your name right, Tommy. He won the World Burger Championship with a Benedict Bubba Burger. And don't go poo-poo on the Bubba Burger. That's my favorite burger. I will literally go out of my way to not hand-press any burger out of any meat I may or may not grind at home and buy Bubba Burger on purpose because I love Bubba Burger that much. Not a sponsor, unsolicited, love it, <laughs> love it. Love Bubba Burger. Then Chef AC Vincent from Ovida, Florida, kind of local, won the World Sandwich Championship with a smoky lionfish crab cake sandwich with bacon tomato jam. That sounds good. Canadian and pro team cook Mike Callahan from London, Ontario, won the World Recipe Championship with Bayo Spring and Chicken Wow. What is that? Home cook Rebecca Evans from Houston, Texas, won the World Bacon Championship with Dutch Crunchy Baby Pancakes. Home cook Kim Bannock from Salem, Oregon, won the World Seafood Championship with Alabama Crawfish, Thai bowl with coconut Gulf shrimp. Home cook Liz Kratz from St. Louis, Missouri, defended her title successfully as the world championship chili champion with a creamy ancho white chili. Home cook Ann Jones from Brown's Summit, North Carolina won the world dessert championship with a Dutch apple pie and apple brandy sauce. Chef Craig Baker from Indianapolis, Indiana one of my favorite cities. He won the World Chef Championship with berries and cream and candied nuts and strawberry basil. Home cook Lisa Guanti of Memphis, Tennessee, won the World Steak Championship. Africana Oscar with asparagus. And Pro Team Cook, who we will have at 1035. Fred Robles from Wessalaco, Texas advanced through the first duel of the IBCA slash KCBS event and uh, challenged in the head-to-head where they merged all 10 teams and won the World Barbecue Championship at the World Food Championship. So what does that mean? Well, I'm glad you asked. That means that those 10 folks starting Sunday through April 20th will be preparing for their April 21st through the 22nd Final table to be streamed somewhere. I don't know where. But according to Mike McCloud and various posts, the final event will be streamed somewhere on April 21st and 22nd. So look forward to that for crying out loud. That's going to be fun. And then there's this. The McRib is showing up at various places across the country. Here we go. Well done, McDonald's. A Way to trick the American public into thinking that this abomination of a sandwich has anything to do with the term barbecue. You know, just because you use the term rib in the title does not, does not... You are not the fire. Does not mean that there are actual pork ribs in that thing. Actually, let me back that up a second. You know, there just might be pork rib meat in there. Along with the 70 other, that's right, 70 other ingredients that are also in there. You know, those highly tasty and often coveted ingredients such as tripe. Scalded stomach, pig heart, ammonium sulfate, diglycerides, and the list literally goes on and on. In a day and age, folks, where a good portion of the consuming public insists on eating cleaner, more sustainable, and good-for-you ingredients, how the hell does anyone shove this little beauty down their pie hole? If you hit the message boards right now, you can get linked to multiple McRib trackers that will alert you to where the closest piece of crap is available for you to eat right now. And heaven forbid that you live in that area of the country where the McRib is being held back on purpose because now you are losing your mind. And this only feeds into the help that generates that fake McRib mystique that everybody talks about. And trust me, people are pissed when they aren't anywhere near McPoop sandwiches. And while it might sound like it to you, consider yourselves to be in the lucky part of the population that is being, perhaps unintentionally, protected from that thing, or be like one of those kooks who need to get their fix of McPoop at any cost and drive all hours of the day and night. To the nearest McRib vending station. So then they can post their videos and pictures of their culinary victory. Let me help you out here. If you have to drive more than 30 seconds to get that thing, you are going too far.
2: Get that big stuff out of here.
0: This is the time of year. It always shows back up. People start going crazy on social media. I love me the McRib. You've seen the crazy videos that are out there. Don't feed into into McDonald's ego on this thing. This thing's been around since 1985. Who knew poop would last that long? (laughs) If you couldn't tell, I'm a little against the McPoop sandwich, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you what to do. I would not eat that if I were you. There's pickles and slivered onions. When was the last time you saw ribs turned in with pickles and slivered onions? I'm not talking Texas barbecue, by the way. I am talking about the Chops Power Injector System right now. There are three different models that you can choose from currently. The half-gallon Chops Power Injector System. That's the number one bestseller. Easy to use, right? Clean it, fill it, pump it, and away you go if you have just one brisket or pork shoulder to do. You don't need to fill it all the way up. Just put in what you need. It uses it all. It comes with a whole mess of really cool stuff. It's $100. bucks. you got to pay shipping also. Then you have the one-gallon CHOPS power injector system designed for catering and bigger jobs. It holds double the amount of the injection of the half-gallon. Some use it in, like, competitions when you're cooking that MBN or the MIM stuff, whole hog, Ten shoulders to get that perfect one. This one comes with the same cool stuff as the half-gallon. But it's 20 bucks more, it's $120 in total. You gotta pay shipping also. And then you have the Chop's full power injector system. It's electric and is the commercial and competition Big Daddy. There is not a holding tank this time, but a three and a half foot pickup tube that you can put in any size container from a few ounces to a 55 gallon drum. It was designed for Chef Rob at the best barbecue restaurant in Kansas City. We call that Q39 where I came from. He has said time and time and time again that with the Chops Full Power Injector System, his briskets are better than ever. It comes with a whole bunch of really cool stuff. It's $325. You pay shipping also. A number of the top pitmasters, both on the competition circuit and in barbecue restaurants, use the Chops Power Injector System every day to make their barbecue better than the rest. Here's why. We live in a foodie world. If you have a guy like me ripping on McPoop, You know we are living in a foodie world. you got to deliver flavor in every bite. This is how you do it and do it fast. Every injector hand-assembled right there in Kansas City, Missouri, USA. we got a whole mess of really cool accessories that can complete your Chops Power Injector experience. Here's what you do. You visit the website Barbecue Kansas City, spelled B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E, barbecue, B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E, kansascity.com. And then order the size best for you. You will wonder how you ever got away with doing single-needle injecting, especially on a lot of pork butts or big briskets or anything like that. Your life will become simpler, and you will love it. Real easy to clean, too. I said that in the beginning. BarbecueKansasCity.com. Check them out. Three-time winner at NBBQA Barbecue Tool of the Year. We are back with Noah Glanville right after this. Stick around. Be right back.
2: The only show giving you a monthly visit from a doctor of barbecue a man actually named meathead the author of a barbecue bible bloggers reviewers competitors and men by the dozens it's the barbecue central show once again here's your host greg Rampy.
0: All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all of your pellet-driven cookers. Don't fall for the, well, they're not our pellets. The warranty is voided. Poppycock!
2: Get that big stuff out of here.
0: We are voiding zero warranties when you use CookinPellets pellets. You can also purchase them on Amazon.com or go to CookinPellets.com if you would prefer. But either way, you're going to win with 40-pound bags or a whole bunch of other really cool smoking products. That's cookandpellets.com or, again, amazon.com as well. All right. My first guest in the second hour is a longtime supporter of the show and has brought to market one of the most versatile and easy-to-use cookers available today. Here to talk about the latest item that has just been unveiled recently as the owner of Pit Barrel Cooker. We race to the hotline. And welcome back, friend of the show, Noah Glanville. Noah, how are you, buddy? I'm doing well. How about yourself, buddy? I'm doing absolutely fabulous. Noah, appreciate you taking the time to join me as always. And uh, I guess before we get into the whole uh, products line that Pit Barrel is offering, both from a cooker and accessory standpoint, uh, Veterans Day just a couple days ago, and uh, I don't know how many people know you were uh, very involved in the United States military for a number of years, so I just wanted to a convey my thanks for your service to this country and uh, wanted to know what you do special for that day, if anything.:
6: Well, I appreciate that. Actually, it's uh, a great question. We so traveled to Texas, and the uh, concerns of police survivors, cops, uh, an organization that we donate to. this was the second year in a row that we cooked for their uh, law enforcement appreciation night so. Uh, flew in with a really good friend. He helped me cook, and we did. Uh, gosh, I think we did 50 prime beef tenderloins for 500, uh, little over 500 officers from all over the country. So, as I said on the stage, uh, you know, it was an honor and a pleasure to get to do that, and uh, couldn't think of a better way to spend Veterans Day. Um, you know, appreciating the, the the folks that serve us here, uh, it was it was it was a good night. So, very appreciative and a great organization.
0: Do a lot of the people that end up enjoying the finished product get time to actually put their eyes on the units that cook these things? And is that kind of the first time they're introduced to this kind of a cooker?
6: Uh, you know, there, there was a lot of familiar faces, but uh, a lot of new people there as well. And, you know, our company, we do, you know, we, we do our Army, Navy, Air Force, Marine Corps logo plates. We do fire, uh, police, thin red line, uh, thin red, uh, blue line and then a portion of the proceeds of every thin blue line logo plate that goes out uh, to law enforcement, you know, family can buy, buy it. Uh, it's no additional cost to the number. Uh, and then we donate a portion of the proceeds to, uh, to cops. So uh, a lot of them do know about it. And, um, and, you know, it, it's, it's a great seller. And, you know, as we say, you know, we know, we, we've got a great product. So if, if, you know, for 299 shipped to your door, and you're going to purchase a, a cooker. A lot of these, these folks are really passionate and real tight, close-knit community that, um, you know, they, they couldn't be happier that, that a portion of, uh, of their purchase goes back to their brothers and sisters. So it's, it's a pretty cool deal.
0: Noah Glanville joining me here on the show. PitbarrelCooker.com is the website if you want to check it out here while we're talking. We, most of us, I guess, majority of us know about the pit barrel cooker. But as I just mentioned in the open, there is a new cooker, a kind of a baby brother, if you will, or baby sister, depending on what you like. The pit barrel junior. So let's talk about the release or the timing of the release, and how long has this one been in the chamber before you fire it off?
6: So you know, when in, in the development, I always knew that a that a sixteen gallon and a thirty gallon just really yielded a good. A a good result and and great bang for the buck um and so you know it it's something that that we had planned to come out with for a long time um you know there's 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 been a few delays along the way but uh but it's something that we we wanted to do and 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 i think you know we were just just really we're over ready to do it it's it's something that you know unbelievable capacity. Uh, the portability is really there. And, you know, and, and we wanted people to be able to share the experience, uh, with others and, and make it a little easier for them to do that by, by being able to take it somewhere, uh, you know, for tailgating, camping, it's, it's perfect. You can still do full racks of ribs. That's a question that, 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 that we get. And, you know, it's a little shorter. So people say, well, how is that possible? And, and the way we designed it, you know, it's a smaller volume, uh, you know, requiring less less of a fuel source, so that that equals a smaller coal basket. So we're able to get full racks of ribs in. It works the exact same, and you get the exact same result with um, you know, same cook times and temperatures. So if you know how to cook on a pit barrel, uh, it the, the PBJ is, uh, is a pit barrel junior. It's it's, it's 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 it works perfect.
0: When you were putting pit barrel together initially, was this a product that you and Amber had already? Kind of put in to get like you had two products ready to go and Pit Barrel was going to be the flagship. Then at some point, PBJ was going to come out, or was this also an uh, item that was customer driven where they were like, hey, we love the Pit Barrel cooker, but something a little smaller might work really good too?
6: Yeah, when, well, so when we did our utilities town, that was a big decision. And, uh, and you know, starting a company from nothing, you know, we knew we had the right design. It was different. It offered something that was very unique and, and different on the market. And, so in doing that, uh, you know, we made sure that we encompassed you know any size cylinder drum container in an upright uh, you know manner with you know with with our claims. We we knew that we we had every intention of of, of going to a smaller smaller size and we will be doing a larger size as well. Um, we've got some some different things coming out in 2018 that will be more commercial uh, driven as well. So um, we're 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 gonna we're gonna play the field on it.
0: Noah Glanville joining me here on the show from Pit Barrel Cookers. You said you fire it the same way, or if you know how to fire a Pit Barrel Cooker standard size, you're going to be able to fire this thing up. You had mentioned a little bit less of a capacity, but how many full racks of ribs can you get in there? On the big one, you're looking at like eight racks of ribs.
6: Correct. And and quite honestly, I mean, even if you use, you know, you can use the turkey hanger uh, suspension member and drape that across the, the rebar, you know, I've done... 10 racks of ribs um actually 12 on on, on the pbc wow. and then on the pbj you know i've done i've done eight so you know comfortably uh the the, the piprel jr which is uh you know it's, it's based off of a 16 gallon it's 14 inches uh you know you can do it comes with six stainless steel hooks um you know we, and we just recently changed our our packaging on our stainless steel hooks so that people don't have to buy eight uh, you can buy four at a time and uh so, you know having some extra hooks around is always a good idea, and you know you could you could definitely do eight racks of ribs in in the p b j so pretty phenomenal for the for the footprint that it takes up
0: and then similar, you set that bottom vent once depending on where you are in relation to above sea level, and then put it together once it's fired, and away it go, it just kind of works itself
6: that's it, and you know something that that really works well and uh you know it, it, in conjunction with uh, grill grates is just how well the PBJ works for for doing a steak, and a lot of people, you know, they 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 can't believe that it could do that well, that good of a job with the heat source below. And and I think in 2018 we're we're going to have a lot of fun, um, you know, showing that that is possible. And and also, you know, congrats to Eric Hodson. He's uh, you know, that, that was great to hear his his story and um, you know, quite a lineup tonight. But uh, his passion and and to hear someone of that caliber that, you know, that, that took home the, the the grand prizes. Uh, It's always nice to hear when you you can tell the guy deserves it and, and uh, knows his stuff and worked hard to get there. So that's, uh, you know, congrats to him. Uh,
0: Noah, you were talking about adding grill grates and being able to do some real grilling on that pit barrel. And I think, you know, there's a lot of other cookers out there. And specifically, I think you, when you get into the pellet cooker industry, there's probably a few, maybe, that are able to kind of do that double duty, as I would call it, where, you know, I mean, you look at a big green egg and everybody knows that thing can hold rock solid, traditional low and slow barbecue temperatures for weeks, if not months at a time. But you can also open up the top and bottom vents and get 750, 800 degrees. So you can actually do a real grilling session or two on a load of charcoal if you wanted to. But then some of these other cookers tout being able to do that. But when you actually get it in the backyard and put it in performance, You know, it can show a temperature, but the look, the feel, the fit, the finish probably isn't there as much. Not the case for the pit barrel because, you know, barrels are used, in essence, to burn stuff. So you can generate those higher temperatures with that lid cracked or lid off so you can have those high-temperature cooks and do it successfully.
6: Correct. No doubt. Um, You absolutely can if you slightly crack the lid. Uh, it gets really, really hot, and and what's nice, I mean, you can use a standard grill grate uh, that that comes with with a pit barrel. But w- what I really like about about grill grates is it just it really evenly displaces the heat. And you know, my personal opinion, and it's not um, it may not necessarily be how grill grates were were designed, um, but I think there's really something to have the you know the the, the real heat source a little bit lower and I'm sure there's plenty of people that would that would beg to differ with me, but that in conjunction with with the Pitbull and especially the PBJ, because you have a really a lot of concentration of heat coming up through through somewhat of a a, a, a a tight channel, and and it just it works well. And I mean, it's it's something that we look forward to to showing off, like I said in 2018. And I think that the FCA has got a ton of potential. I mean, I've been you and I have talked about that before, and. I think that it's, it's, um, it's got legs. It's really attractive to a lot of people to be able to just fly in or or drive in without, you know, towing half your home behind you and, <laughs> um, and, 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 you know, being there for a couple of days and, and, you know, nothing against KCBS. It's, uh, it's, it's put, put a lot of this on the map and if it wasn't for, for that, the, you know, the, the, the evolution and, and, uh, you know, what's to come, you know, would may take longer. So it's, It's a lot of fun. It's exciting, and you know whatever whatever you like doing. That's all that matters.
0: So no, everybody loves cookers. Now we have two to choose from on the Pit Barrel portfolio cookers offering. But then once you really start talking, so everybody loves accessories. And probably what started out as not a whole mess of accessories have now turned into quite a decent offering as it relates to pit barrels. You have the turkey hangers, and you have extra hooks now and now we've updated the grill covers and you can put a beer bottle opener on your pit barrel. Look, uh, you know, between me and you, I'm never doing that.
2: that I'm
0: finding a, I'm going to put a two by four in the yard. And I'll put it on there. Cause I'm very apprehensive about drilling into any of my cookers, but that's just me. But you guys, it seems like there has been a concerted effort on the pit barrel cookers side of things to offer really good but really value added accessories, not just throwing a whole bunch of stuff out there and see what sticks.
6: Oh, I, I really appreciate that, Greg. And that's exactly it. We, we had had planned to have some of these, these core accessories come out a long time ago. And it, and just through, I'm so, so passionate and proud of our brand and, and, and where it's come that I want things to be right. and, I think that the, the folks that are our, our customers and long time customers I mean I don't think any of them would argue that uh, you know customer service and and how we value them um, is like no other mm-hmm. and so I wanted the accessories to be right and and really get these things um, to where I believe that our customers would be happy with them and what they deserve so it took a little while longer to to get it um, dialed in but you know, just, you know, to to list a few, you know, we've got the 10-inch the and 15-inch skewer, which the sky's the limit. I mean, what you can do with that. And, and all of this, all these these, these um, accessories, I mean, really take it, the the Pitboro, which I think is an amazing product, of course, to the next level. And, you know, you can, you can do a lot with that. Um, hanging baskets, you know, brats, hot dogs, uh, hanging them vertically, um, you know, the all purpose basket. It's it's gonna be a lot of fun. We're gonna we're gonna have some fun with that in two thousand eighteen and some contests on being being creative with that. Um but yeah that that's endless what you can do. The ultimate hook tool is a lot of fun. We we really um we kind of put out the Cadillac of 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 uh what what we had before. We still offer that that, that the same wooden hook tool. That's kind of our staple and we'll we'll have that for many more years to come. Uh has a nice little bottle opener on the back. Uh you, we've come out with with shirts and hats and or a shirt and a hat. And, you know, something I'll note about the hat, the hat took a long time to, to get right. And I wanted to have something that kind of reminded me of, of, of my serving military overseas and in contracting, um, as well for the government and in something that kind of brought back that rustic, uh, rustic looking military style hat. So it's, it's not loud. It doesn't, uh, you know, it doesn't scream, you know, a logo, but, uh, but if, if you get it, you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And, and that's pretty cool. The shirt, I, I really wanted a specific way and a fit that wasn't just like your regular shirt that, you know, is passed out for free. Um, it's a quality shirt. Uh, the covers are, are, you know, definitely an improvement. Um, gosh, what else? The, the, you had mentioned that the bottle openers, you know, that's something that it took us a long time to get um, to nail down. But, you know, to be able to offer NHL, NFL, and college team um, logos um, on, on a cooker is not, not an easy task. And so to be able to do that right, uh, you know, anyone, I mean, chances are someone's got their favorite team. And, you know, whether you want to put it on your, your cooker or or the wall, uh, you know, we, we have that covered. So that's that's pretty cool. And, um, yeah, just, to, you know, to, to name a few. and we don't have it out right now. I'll give a little, a, a little bit of a heads up on this. We've got an unbelievable knife that I've, uh, that I'm really proud of designed, um, from scratch. And it's a, uh, it, it it's going to be off the charts and for the price, it's going to be killer. So I, I don't think anything, anything will even come close to touching it for, for what the price is. And it's kind of a staple and, and a um, and statement to our product and, and who we are as you can have amazing quality for for a really reasonable price. And that, that's what I think this knife is going to stand for.
0: All right. So we'll look forward to that knife being introduced here shortly. The other thing that you didn't mention, and I use it every morning, and it's like the greatest thing ever as far as promotional piece, is the pit barrel coffee mug. It's absolutely fabulous. <laughs> I mean, well, it looks like a friggin' uh, pit barrel. <laughs>
6: it, it, it is really cool. We we, we hear that a lot. They are they're, they're really popular. Um, yeah. But you know whether you have a pit barrel or not, they're just it, it's it's different. There's not many coffee mugs like that. So um, yeah, let, let let us know if you need you, you need a couple extra for the
0: holidays. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh the, the girl, my my girls love seeing me use it every morning, and then I it's always cool to fit into like some pictures and stuff when I'm getting ready to cook because. No matter how good the food looks, inevitably somebody's like, what's that thing over there? Is that a coffee mug? Is that a cooker or whatever? And so from a promotional standpoint, it's got to be one of the most creative things that have been you know, dumped into accessories here over the last five or ten years. I mean, everybody does coffee mugs. But this is a pit barrel, in essence, a very, very small pit barrel that instead of housing food, houses your morning Joe. I absolutely love it. It's great. Yeah,
6: no, we're, we're, we're it's it, it's a cool, it, definitely a cool, cool margin. Um, it, it is fun. Our, our 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 boys love it.
0: So we have the new Pit Barrel Junior that's out. We have the original Pit Barrel Cooker, the flagship that is ready to go. What's the price point on the Pit Barrel Junior?
6: Two twenty nine shipped your door. So tough, t- tough to beat that.
0: Yeah, especially for capacity. And uh, the new knife is going to be coming out. And as always, if you have any questions, pitbarrelcooker.com is the place to go and then is there a phone number people can call if they want to talk to a human being
6: there is uh, 502-228-1222 that's our, that's our office number and as everyone knows uh, just about anybody in the world can get me on my cell phone so um, I'm, I'm, I still make myself available
0: <laughs> he is Noah Glanville from Pit Barrel Cookers Noah really appreciate the time tonight man thanks so much you bet
2: thanks Greg you got Take it. Care. There happy Thanksgiving.
0: Is. happy Thanksgiving to you too Noah Glanville from Pit Barrel Cooker. How about that? All guests
2: on the Barbecue Central show appear via the Smithfield hotline. The Pit Barrel Jr.
0: is now ready for sale. $229. So about $80 less than the bigger brother. So get into it. A little bit more convenient to take around on tailgates or to a neighbor's house, whatever. You may think that grilling season is now coming to an end, but no. Get that big stuff out of here. Put on a jacket. Let's get ready to go. Head to the place for all things barbecue and grilling, Butcher Barbecue. That's right. We all know that Butcher's Barbecue carries a great selection of barbecue products. Of course, our portfolio of grilling items continuing to expand as well. You know about the grilling oils, of course. I talk about them each and every week. How about a new flavor of rub? Grilling addictions. That's right. We all love to grill. How about a rub that is going to work well on chicken, on pork, on steak? It's kind of that all-purpose rub. It's got a little bit of heat to it, but a great base flavor line profile that really goes well on everything. Now, in regards to that grilling oils I talked about, certainly you take it out to the grill. Certainly you take it out to the barbecue. You can use it in place of the blue bottle squeeze butters if you want because it doesn't, in my estimation, change the texture of the meat. A lot of you guys that use that parquet stuff know what I'm talking about. Try the grilling or the butter flavor. They have chipotle, they have steakhouse seasoning. Use the one that you like the best. And you tell me if the integrity of the meat doesn't stay more of its own, more of the same instead of changing a little bit with that blue butter. Then, of course, the injections, the sauces, the rubs. I mean, come on. You know what it's all about. Head on over to ButcherBBQ.com and check out all of the products. See what everybody's screaming about. And if you are a barbecue and grilling dealer and you want to carry Dave's rubs and sauces, give them a shout. Head on over to the website and request info on how to become a dealer. Not only will Dave thank you, but your customers are going to thank you when they get their products Get Dave's products in their hands. They're going to love it. Tried and true. Tested in the backyard. Tested in the competition trails. Winning in both. Again, that's ButcherBBQ.com. ButcherBBQ.com. Always trust your butcher. We are back with Fred Robles right after this. Check around. Stick around. we we'll be right back.
2: to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All
0: right, welcome back. Thanks again to Noah
2: Glanville from Pit
0: Barrel Cooker for joining me last segment. As I mentioned in the first hour, the 2018 grant program from Smithfield has closed However, the 2018 Committed Cooks Program will be getting ready to jump off here in the next few weeks. More info to come on that. But in the meantime, you keep hitting the website SmokinWithSmithfield.com to get in on that. Last year you had to squeeze out 20 bucks to get over $100 worth of stuff. This year promises to be more of the same, perhaps even better. Again, that website SmokinWithSmithfield.com. Check it out. See what it's all about. All right, helping me close the show this evening is a guy who has punched his ticket to be a part of the final table for the World Food Championships. That's supposed to take place April 21st and 22nd of this year. He did that by winning the barbecue portion of the World Food Championship. Let's go ahead and race to the hotline and welcome back, friend of the show and the pitmaster of Rio Valley meets Fred Robles joining me here on the show. Fred, how are you, buddy? I'm big good. Uh, Fred, I appreciate you making time again for the show. And you know, earlier in the year, we were supposed to hook up because you won a little event called the uh, San Antonio Barbecue Cookup. That was kind yes, of a sir. that was kind of a huge event to win, wasn't it?
5: Absolutely, absolutely. That's a great event and happens every year. San Antonio Rodeo is one of the biggest here in Texas for sure.
0: Um, We'll get into the World Food Championships here in a second, Fred, but I did want to mention that not only are you in the mix for that WFC overall title, but you're also now the current IBCA Team of the Year for 2017, quite a feat in itself, of course. What does the title mean for you and the team when you know how many hundreds, if not thousands, of other Texas teams are out there vying for that championship as well?
5: Well, it's, uh, it's, uh, I mean, we're humbled by the opportunity to be even uh, able to do this week in and week out. It, it's, it's, uh, it's a grind. I mean, it's a long barbecue season, especially here in Texas, where we have warmer uh, weather pretty much year round. So we have uh, pretty much cook-offs uh, from December to January year round. So um, it's a long season, and I'm, and I'm just fortunate and blessed to have been able to, to land in the top spot this year. So. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's pretty amazing to me.
0: Are you kind of a self-funded team, or do you have uh, some other sponsors that help you foot that bill? Because the one thing that everybody seems to know about barbecue as they get into it, it is a very expensive hobby with not a lot of return.
5: Well, uh, We've been fortunate to have a couple good sponsors on our side. Um, most of the financial part of it is uh, we are self-funded. Uh, again, we've been fortunate to to uh, be able to win some money on the trail as well, and that kind of keeps us going uh, to be able to pay entry fees and meets and, and, and stuff like that. But, yeah, we do have a couple strategic key sponsors that that uh, help us with uh, with credit.
0: Fred Robles joining me here on the show. Fred, do you think at this point that IBCA teams, or perhaps I should say Texas teams in general, are getting the respect that they deserve from a competition standpoint or is there still some ground that needs to be made up in that regard?
5: I think there's still a lot of ground to be made up. Um, I think we're starting to get the recognition that uh, um, me and a couple of friends of mine have been talking about that I think Texas cooks deserve. Um, there is uh, IBCA is kind of like the uh, um, kind of like the little brother of KCBS, and many regards to where KCBS is seen as the upper echelon of barbecue, and IBCA is seen like a like, uh, whatever, you know. But uh, I think we've slowly been uh, venturing out of Texas a little more and competing with some of these KCBS guys doing well. And uh, uh, just this past weekend at the WFC, at the World Food Championship, I actually talked to a couple of great uh, KCBS teams. And, and after them having competed in IBCA, they're like, wow, how do you guys do that? Uh, you got normal everyday uh, people judging your food. It, it's much harder that way. Uh, to go from cook-off to cook-off and be consistent as opposed to having a certified judge that is judging the same thing every time. I told him, yeah, that's what we deal with every weekend. I mean, we're we're out there um, pretty much putting food on, 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 on in trays for the average Joe to taste. And to me, um, I would rather have that than than somebody being told what good barbecue is. These guys are coming up to and they themselves make up their mind on what the barbecue is. So, yeah, I think we're we're making head headways there and and getting a little bit of respect.
0: Is the discrepancy in respect maybe distance than anything else or or lack of understanding of how an IBCA competition goes down? They just think it's this way or that way versus going down and jumping into it with both feet and really seeing what it's all about?
5: Well, I think... um, I think as IBCA cooks wanting to venture out of Texas, um, from, from where I'm at, I'm way down deep South Texas, just to get out of the state of Texas. Uh, north is 12-hour drive, um, that, and I'm I'm still in Amarillo, really, <laughs> so just to make it out to Oklahoma or to uh, uh, some of these other states, near, nearby states, it's it's a full day, more than a day's drive. So it, it's it's kind of hard to get out. Texas has maybe a handful of KCBS cookos. Um, but not, not as many as uh, as we uh, maybe like to have. I, and another thing is, I think KCBS uh, is where the sponsorship dollars are. at. I mean, if you look at KCBS, what kind of sponsors they got? I mean, you, I mean, just to name one off the top of my head, the Sons Club. Um, they uh, they throw a lot of money at it, and IBCA doesn't have that kind of support. In my eyes. so a lot of a lot of Texas teams, including myself, are trying to. Venture out and maybe maybe cash in on a
0: little bit of that present as well. Fred, uh, World Food Championship stuff. First, go ahead and explain what you did in order to qualify for that top ten. Did you do just IBCA side or did you cook KCBS also?
5: We uh, we did KC uh, we did the IBCA on Friday. Um, I had a really good outing. We ended up uh, first rib, first brisket, and I think like a sixth place port call, uh, now being C- uh, the grand champion for the event. Um, looking back on it, I probably should have taken a break and not tripped KCBS, but I did anyways. it uh, being a competitive nature in me. I went ahead and did the KCBS event, and I ended up kind of somewhere in the middle of the pack, um, which is okay, um, knowing that I had already... Uh, clinched my spot into the final, and of course on Sunday, uh, five ten or five of the uh, best IBCA or the IBCA event cooks, and five of the uh, top uh, KCBS event cooks uh, did get out for the for the final sport. Uh I,
0: I I had heard that there were some dust ups over how the finishes were going to slot IBCA and KCBS originally at that cooks meeting. Uh, is there anything that you can? shed light on as far as how that was originally told to you guys, and how it was going to be changed, and, and did it get changed back to whatever you guys thought it was going to be?
5: Yeah, well, going into it, I, um, my, my understanding and my sheet motion was that it was going to be the top five from each event. In other words, the top five from the IBCA cook-off, top five against KCBS cook-off. Um, that's what I went in there knowing. I said, okay, well, if I don't do well in the IBCA, I still got a chance in the KCBS. I said, I got two chances at qualifying for the finals but when we get down to the pitch meeting they tell us that no it's going to be the top five ibc8 teams or what they consider to be an IBCA 8 team against the top five kcbs teams or what they consider to be a kcbs team i guess if you pick more IBCA than kcbs you're considered an IBCA team or vice versa so that kind of that kind of changed the dynamic of the whole thing so now even if a KCBS team ended up in the top five at the IBCA cook-off, they wouldn't advance because they wanted five IBCA teams, or again, what they considered IBCA teams, against five KCBS teams. So yeah, it, it um, there was a there was a uh, dust almost up almost a rebellion going down <laughs> there in the uh, in the <laughs> head uh,
0: So it eventually got reverted back to how you guys were thinking originally then.
5: Yeah, eventually um, some of our board members from IBCA went ahead and stepped up and and said, "Hey, this is this is not what we came in here knowing." I, I think they talked to a couple of the KCBS reps on fly, and uh, eventually they got together, talked to the promoter, and said, "Hey, this is what the cooks want. Um, can we straighten it out and make it this way?" And yeah, so they went ahead and did that. They 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 pulled the top five, whether you were IBCA or KCBS from each event, and those are the guys who moved on. So, yeah, that's kind of what we had a, we had envisioned going into it. So, yeah, we went back to, to what we wanted.
0: So you have a really good IBCA round. You advanced to the top 10. What did you have to do in that final top 10 as far as cooking is concerned?
5: Final top 10 was an uh, hour and a half uh, uh, time frame to cook pretty much whatever protein you wanted. You had to make a presentation platter, and then you had to make uh, 10 individual uh, plates for, uh, for the judges to sample, to individual samples. So um, yeah, um, that was uh, nerve-wracking. I, I couldn't sleep the night before, just trying to think of what the heck of, am I going to do. And then the whole plating and presentation part of it is not is not something we normally do. We just normally throw stuff in a box and and uh, hand it to the judges. So having to, having to make it pretty and uh, uh, what I call it 42 stuff, <laughs> Uh, is not in our is not in our DNA. So uh, just just having to think about that kind of kind of uh, made me lose some sleep. But in the end, I had a, a couple of really good friends help me out, and uh, uh, man, we pulled it together and, and turned in a great what I thought was a really really great turn in. And, and I, I said, man, we really got a chance with this one, and and the uh, the cards fell where they fell, and we're fortunate to, to have that, that first spot.
0: Fred, let me ask you, and the question is loaded because I had Meathead Goldwyn on in the first hour, and he was a uh, judge there for the barbecue side of things, and was kind of explaining what happened. If if I'm if I'm judging who the best barbecue cook is on the final day, should you be worried about turning in surf and turf or beef tenderloin or how you're going to cook a shrimp? Is that giving me a true estimation on? Who the better KCBS or IBCA or Texas versus the world of uh, other barbecue cookers is going head to head?
5: Well, being in the being the time frame that they give you is kind of tough. I mean, there's no way you can cook a brisket. There's no way you can cook a good record ribs or what we consider to be barbecue. You know, um, pretty much you're limited to steak, to shrimp, to some sort of fish, or maybe some chicken. Um, so you gotta. I mean, you gotta. You gotta do what you gotta do to, to put something on that tray and, and plate it. Now, now are you gonna call it barbecue? You wanna call it grilly you wanna call it I don't know what you wanna call it, but um <laughs> the uh the fact of the matter is within the time frame that's that's pretty much all we can do. Um I know some guys turned in quesadillas or quesadillas uh barbecue. I don't know. I mean it's it's uh there were some entries there that, that could be barbecue, that might not be barbecue. I guess they're called barbecue because barbecue guys in general did it. Uh, but, um, yeah, that's uh, that's a pretty interesting uh, uh, observation that me does.
0: <laughs> so, regardless, you're going to be at the final table of 10 that will eventually yield an overall champion, a big payday, by the way. And it's not going down <laughs> until April 21st and 22nd. It's a pretty big departure <laughs> from how it's run in the past but it's being done to give you and nine other finalists time to be promoted through various media outlets, none, of course, bigger than this show. In order to really give you guys the exposure that you and the event deserve, are you good with that, or would you have rather had a full-out winner by the end of this contest?
5: I mean, of of course you want to know who's going to win. That's kind of... now. uh... Now it's going to be kind of like, okay, what's going to happen? What rules are they going to give us now? It's it's, a, it's going to be a thinking game, and a, what are we going to prepare? It gives you some time to prepare, not really because you don't know what rules they're going to throw at you or what challenges they're going to throw at you uh, until you're there, but uh, I guess the mindset of things, you can kind of start thinking about what it is as opposed to having a day or a night to sleep on it, and then you got to you got to go back in there and do your thing. But um, I have no issue with... Uh, with the promotion side of things or anything like that. I think if anything it builds up the event, it builds up the uh the future of um, barbecue or, or food sport, um uh for everybody.
0: Uh, Fred, and, and maybe it's just because you're on the really big barbecue show and you're trying to be a, a humble guy. And when you're in the pits, you're a smack talking, you know, SOB. I don't know. But do you, you don't seem like you're that kind of guy to me through our uh, couple conversations that we've had on this show. You seem to be more of a humble guy. You put your head down, you get in that work. If you put in the right food, you get to uh, get the spoils for that day. Are you afraid at all that during this time, they are going to try and morph you? into something that you're not and if that's the case are you going to be able to stand up and say hey i'm not a shit talker or i'm not going to say that or you're trying to make me into something that i'm not for a tv aspect
5: yeah i mean it, i'm not that way i'm uh you can ask anybody around who's ever been cooking next to me or any of my friends or family i'm i'm not a i'm not a i don't i don't boast about anything i i let the i let the the results do the talking on themselves. Um, I'm just a guy who's been blessed by, but I call it blessed by the best, man. I'm, I'm a God-fearing man, and, and I think I'm in a, and he's put me in a position for a reason, and that reason has yet to be revealed. But uh, I'm just I'm just thankful and, and honored to be uh, where I'm at today in barbecue and, and honored to know the people I've known and the friends I've gotten to, to meet and the people I've gotten to meet through barbecue. And, and, and the barbecue family is just, a bunch of great people, man. I, I wouldn't trade it for the world.
0: You get the ten thousand dollar payday for winning the barbecue overall championship. Uh, what do you get for winning the IBCA side of things?
5: IBCA uh, paid something uh, was twenty five hundred for grand, and then whatever the uh, the individual placings were. But uh, yeah, I think it was twenty five hundred bucks for the grand champion.
0: Yeah, so you're walking out towards thirteen grand for a, a weekend to work. Not too bad, right?
5: No, I take it every week in
0: a festival. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Uh, and <laughs> you gotta, you're got you in line for that huge payday, April 21st and 22nd. We're talking with Fred Robles from Rio Valley Meat Company. Fred, really appreciate the breakdown of the World Food Championships. And, uh, you know, we'll keep tabs as we kind of lead up to this whole thing. I'll be interested to get your take on it.
5: Absolutely, brother. Absolutely.
0: All right. Thanks, Fred, so much.
5: You got it, good Thank you. There
0: he is. Fred Robles from Rio Valley Meat Company. That's All
2: right. All guests on the Barbecue Central Show and will by the Smithfield Hotline
0: for BMA. the $100,000 overall purse on that April 21st and 22nd, uh, which I'm guessing is a weekend, to be streamed. Well, yes, to be streamed somewhere. I can carry the feed here on this show. No problem. I'll put it right up on my Facebook page. Mike McLeod, hit me up. Cheap rates. I'm going to talk to you about Noah Glanville. Pit barrel cooker, that's right. Pulling the trigger on a new cooker can be nerve-wracking sometimes. Temperature control, fire management, what woods to buy. Who needs a hassle? Might I strongly suggest a pit barrel cooker? And if you're looking for something to take on tailgates, not only is the pit barrel cooker... A good one to take. How about the Pit Barrel Jr.? That's right. Freshly announced here on the show. About a half hour ago. That one's $229. The Pit Barrel Cooker flagship is $299. Both come fully assembled, ready to cook on, and it ships right to your door. No extra shipping needed or included on the price tag. Not only does the cooker ship free, but everything that they sell ships for free because there's so few returns. That includes the lower 48 continental states, by the way. And don't take my word for it. Folks over at AmazingRibs.com continue to sing the praises of the pit barrel cooker. They've given it their gold star rating, which is the highest rating. Not three, but uh, four years in a row. How about that? They say we're running out of great things to say about this very simple, affordable smoker. There's nothing else like it on the market today. Find out for yourself. Hit up the website, pitbarrelcooker.com, and see what everybody's talking about. And as Noah and I were talking about during his segment, they have a complete line of accessories that will really complement and complete that pit barrel cooking experience. huh? The coffee mug. Get the coffee mug. Even if you don't have a cooker, if this is the first time you've ever turned into the show, and you want coffee mug advice... Go to pitbarrelcooker.com and pick up the most unique-looking coffee mug on the market today. And that's like a little baby pit barrel. It's even got the vent at the bottom. Great. No rebar at the top, which my lips appreciate. But I could get it if they were going to do that. I can can see where they would do that. No removable top to keep my coffee. Noah, all ideas that you could use if you like. (laughs) Anyway, hit their website, pitbarrelcooker.com. And check out what they have to offer. Snatch them up quick. And again, the number 502 228 1222 if you want to talk to a human. Most of the time, uh, Noah or Amber will answer that phone and talk to you. We're back to wrap the show right after this. Stick around, be right back.
2: legs and thighs injecting butts if you've never heard this before you might think you found the best triple x show ever let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today
0: all right welcome back lots of great banter going around in the instant chat room Most of that originated in the first hour when we talked with Meathead Goldwyn about judging. And I think that's a good topic for me to take under the wing, under advisement, put together some special committees. By the way, I am not, nor have I ever been, a member of any barbecue sanctioning body by choice. I always want to remain an impartial platform for people to come on. Regardless of sanctioning body, IBCA, FBA, KCBS, St. Louis Barbecue Society, you name it, they always have a home here. I would like to say that after I ranted about KCBS board members or potential people that were running for KCBS board members, they could come on this show, but don't hide from me after the fact. Zero.
2: Get that big stuff out of here.
0: Zero people decided. I had some preliminary feelers. Zero people have contacted me to get on. But the show is booking up very quickly here before the end of the year. We are almost done with November. December is booking up very quickly. So if you are interested in doing that, you have to play by the rules, my rules. I will let you come on, give your platform. But if you get elected, and usually people that show up on this show running for some type of office get elected, you have to be available to me. That's our deal. You give me access when I have questions I want to ask you. You give me your opinion. And you don't fall down to the other people on the board. You, you are, you're not, I'm not bought, or you're not bought by me, but I want access. I want to ask you questions. It's a little give and take. This is how we do business, right? It's a business, rela- it's symbiotic, whatever that means. All right, I'm running out of time. All the way back in the first hour, Meathead Goldwyn was on the show. That's right. We talked about World Food Championships from his angle. Then we talked with Eric Hodson, the World Champion Steak Cookoff Association winner. Fifteen grand for that steak, by the way. Very nice. Then in the second hour, we talked with Noah Glanfill from uh, Pit Barrel Cooker, pitbarrelcooker.com, talking about the Pit Barrel Junior. Very cool. And we close the show with Fred, uh, Fred Robles from Rio Valley Meat Company. He won the uh, World Food Championships Barbecue Edition, and he'll be taking place in the top ten. Big show next week planned already September eleventh, two 2001. I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.